Episode 1107, Criterion Completion. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Matt Anderson. I am Ben DiBono, and we are back for a long-awaited episode man this is so great i looked it up and back on episode 488 we released it on july 18th 2016 you gave us a full explanation explanation of what exactly the criterion collection is and then um you, you even talked about kind of the work that the organization is doing that was helping film so i feel like 2016 if we were doing an episode about it it probably would have been around the yep. beginning of when you started do you it, happen it, to know when you did i actually i can tell you exactly more or less i well let me explain. I, I, I can't tell you the exact day that I started watching in order. And I'll give a little background yeah. on the Criteria Collection for, for those who might not know. But it was end of 2015, beginning of 2016. And I know that. So the Criterion Collection, just to give a little bit of background for folks who aren't up in the know, um, if you go way back to the beginning of LaserDisc mm-hmm. in the 80s, one of the pioneering companies behind LaserDisc was Janus Films. And the Janus Films started to release what they called the Criterion Collection, a subsidiary of Janus Films that was releasing laser discs and with an emphasis on film restoration. It was meant to kind of be the best of classic and contemporary films, um, a lot of foreign films, all of that. And so they, they did tons of laser discs throughout the 80s into the early 90s. And one of the features of them is that they were numbered. So you had, you know, an actual collection of numbered laser discs at the time. And so flash forward to the 90s, laser discs obviously drop off. Uh, in the late 90s, then with the arrival of DVDs, Criterion dabbled a little bit in the VHS market in the mid 90s. Um, but one of the things they couldn't do as easily with VHS that they did with laser discs and then were able to do with DVDs was special features mm. and all of that. In fact, if you've ever enjoyed special features on a DVD of any kind, you really have Janus Films to thank for that because they pioneered doing that in the early laser disc era. Really, I mean, you go back to the early 80s, like this is, there's no concept of, uh, home video mm-hmm. as it, like now it's, weird to think about that but there was a time where you either saw movies in the theaters or when they were on tv and that's it like you can't even pop the vhs in and record it off of the tv as Mm -hmm. you know we had many recorded vhs movies growing up yeah that's interesting i don't actually know when vhs took off or you know there was other betamax and all of that so that those are the first home video type things right laserdisc was kind of a precursor laserdisc before vhs yeah yeah i mean and and why didn't that take off then it's better right it was better quality wise but you needed more equipment for it the discs were huge okay you know like i remember i think i knew one person who had a laserdisc player and it was like you haul this out this giant disc that goes in there. i also had one friend in high school whose family had one and i think if i'm remembering right i think we watched star wars on the laserdisc that might have been a criteria because i I could be wrong though and that's the thing about like the early criterion is that they were able to just release everything because nobody had it's kind of like the early days of netflix like now well, you know, HBO or Disney or whoever aren't going to license their content to Netflix. Like, but when you first have that streaming service and nobody else does it, like it's easy to get all that content. Like, 
let us let us have it. We'll pay you. You know, we'll run with it. It's great. So like The Godfather, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Star Wars, and 2001, and movies like that were part of the early Criterion collection that nowadays it's very rare for them to get something like that. Um, so anyway, in the late 90s then, they started publishing DVDs, and they began with Spine number one and have continued up till now. So they're all the way up to almost spine 1200. So you're saying there was a numbering with the laser discs yes. and they started over with DVDs. They started over with DVDs. Okay. That's interesting though. I still, are there people out there? I'm sure there are that are collecting the laser. Discs oh yeah, still? for sure. I mean, you can, you can go on eBay and buy criterion laser discs. Are they pretty expensive? Some of them are, you know, some of them. And it's, it's a little bit wonky because like, Towards the end, they had some that were announced and then were canceled and never actually released. And so you have some weird gaps in there. Uh, do you have any interest personally in getting a Laserdisc player just to watch some of these old things? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, I think that it would be it'd be interesting, but it would be one of those things where it's just time, money, and all of that. Mm. The I wouldn't get as much out of it as I I do we're here it's like okay I, i'm gonna be the first person to confess that there there's an element of just collecting here with wanting to do this mm-hmm. um but i don't really you know i'm still getting something out of it i can justify my collective completionist tendencies with you know the film education you're getting along the way so I've been aware of the Criterion Collection since probably the early 2000s. I think one of the earliest times I was aware of it was, I know the Royal Tenenbaums from Wes Anderson was released as a Criterion. And I remember when I got that on DVD, because it was only the Criterion DVD, I was you know, very intrigued by the spine numbering on there. It's like, well, what is this? Because no, nothing else really has that. And then you see the Criterion Collection on there. So, you know, and, and then I encountered it a few other times like that. And every now and then I'd be like, I bet I've seen a lot of those because I've seen a lot of movies. You'd look it up and be like, never even heard of any of these, yeah. you know, really obscure stuff outside of a few. So, you know, I'd, I'd say I probably accumulated a few like that, mostly Wes Anderson stuff, Life Aquatic, all of that over the years. And then just, you know, was tangentially aware of this. And then in, in 2015, uh, Criterion does biannual sales. So they usually have a sale in like October, November, and then one in February. And then there's a couple Barnes and Noble sales uh, during the year too, that they're all 50% off. So I remember seeing an ad or an internet, uh, you know, blog or something about the, the Criterion sales going on now. And I thought to myself, you know, I've always wanted to check this out and I've heard of some of these movies. So I'm going to order some, just a few that I, I'm interested in. So this, I, I have up here my first criterion order, which I placed on October 6, 2015. Right. I, I ordered three movies. I ordered Solaris, the Tarkovsky yeah. version. Cause I, I liked, I'd read the book and I liked, and I still like the Steven Soderbergh, George Clooney version. Um, uh, and I, you know, once I had seen that movie and read the book, the people are always talking about, well, the Tarkovsky versions, like the, the, uh, you gotta see that one. I just never had. So like, okay, I'll watch that. Uh, 12 Angry Men. Oh yeah. And Seven Samurai. Okay, great. So three great movies. Three great movies. I haven't seen Solaris. I know you love it. I do love it. But so I ordered those and I loved them. And so then I started to to dabble a little bit more, and I think the Barnes and Noble sale started a month or so later, and I, I got some more in that, and like 
suddenly you start to get a little bit of an accumulation going and then you start to look at, okay, well, what's actually on this? And it, it maybe helped that Seven Samurai is spine number two. So it's like, okay, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, it would be kind of fun to, to watch these in order. And spine number one is actually out of print. So it's like, that was kind of a, a commitment point for me, yeah. like where, okay, if I'm going to go through the trouble of hunting down spine number one, that's kind of like, you know, crossing a Rubicon, if you will. Like, you can't just go to Barnes & Noble and get that one. You have to go to eBay and hunt down a copy. And and so then it, once I did that, like, that's, I think, when I really got the bug and I really got the 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 chase and started to collect them and watch through them in order. And I'll talk about the collecting a little bit first and then come back to the watching through in order because the collecting was really fun in the sense that i love hunting stuff down okay like, like people who are longtime listeners know that i like like cigars well one of my favorite cigar purchases of the last several years is i was smoking through a top 25 list and there was one that was only released in asia and i had to hunt down a dealer in hong kong to get a box and like wire of money and it felt like it was maybe a scam but i they did show up and it was like they were good but the there was nothing like that the hunt was i love that i actually love hunting stuff like that down uh and so i really really enjoyed that um uh, Thankfully, most of the Criterion collections in print, but there are a number of titles that aren't. Uh, one of the ones that were really fun to try and hunt down early on and, and really challenging is John Woo has two movies, uh, the uh, Hard Boiled and The Killer, that are very early on in the collection. I think they're like eight or nine. <clears throat> so I had to hunt those down quick. So I'm going to get to those quickly. And for whatever reason, those two in particular have a ton of knockoffs out there. Oh, no. Like tons of them. So I actually became an expert from reading forums on how to spot a genuine uh, criterion version of those. And I think it was Hard Boiled was the one that I really had a hard time finding from the fakes. And it came down to like, you, you remember how I was, some early DVDs didn't have a image on one side. Like it was kind of shiny on both sides. Oh yeah. And, like there was that. a little ring around there. Like it came down to like the size of the ring and the lettering in there and that specific. And I had one that I bought and I investigated it like off of eBay and I messaged the guy. I was like, this is a fake. I'm not accusing you of anything, but yeah. you, you, and here's how I know. And he apologized. And it was like, no, you don't need to apologize, yeah. but I'm going to send it back. Cause I don't want it. This yeah. is not actually let me keep it. So I do have a, I have a, the, okay. the knockoff and the genuine copy of hard boiled, uh, on my shelf. And so I was eventually, then I was like, okay, the next time I hunt this down, I'm going to message the seller and verify that all of these different checks that are there are what I'm looking for. And so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then there's other editions where the edition is in print, but maybe there was like an older edition that had a book along with it. So I was able to track some of those down, uh, like, um, oh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, which is a Nicholas Rogue, uh, David Bowie movie. Uh, I have both the Blu-ray version of that, and because one of my rules was that I had to get the highest, at least the Blu-ray version, um, in order to consider myself complete. I 
now that they've started releasing 4K, I haven't upgraded all the 4Ks that they've come out with. Uh, but if they're, the jump from DVD to Blu-ray is significant enough where that was one of my rules. I had to at least get the Blu-ray version. And, but like Man Who Fell to Earth, the Blu-ray version has just the movie and then it's based off of a novel and the DVD is packaged, was at one time packaged with that, an accompanying novel. So oh, I have, cool. and there's a very small, like five or six, uh, releases in the history of the collection that came with books packaged with them. And I have them all, you know, and so that's kind of a, a nice little claim to fame yeah. as well. And then some of them, like with the, the more fancy packaging would come out temporarily like that, then that would get peeled back. So I have all of the digi pack, uh, format packaging and everything. So all that to say that from a collection standpoint, I've actually been complete for a number of years. Um, everything out of print, everything, Blu-ray edition or higher, any special packaging, including and especially books and all of that. And I had a little home written app that I built for myself where I tracked all of this. Oh, uh, what do you mean by that? Like a computer app. Like my computer. to make sure that you like this is how you kind of like checked off the yeah, list. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I can I have filters on there so I can mm. check like, okay, what's everything I have uh, uh not bought or what do I own, but what have I not seen or anything? So I still use that actually today. Mm to input new releases into and then update everything that I, I have it built out with links to like letterboxd and the criterion wow. page and the wikipedia page and all of that so i've been complete now for probably three or four years and then just at the sale points buying up whatever has come out since yeah. the last sale but i haven't finished watching everything until last friday yes i'm finally here criterion complete for the first time since, let's just say, beginning of 2016. Yes. Yeah, so, so, like I said, we did this episode in July 2016. So, I, I don't know what number you're at then, but what is the final number that you've watched? How many Criterion films? So, that be, I'll, I'll answer that, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. Because there are spines that are like the spine for the box set. <clears throat> so, like a box set might come, like there's an Ingmar Bergman box set around spine 200 that has three movies or actually four movies but it takes up five spine numbers hmm. because the box set gets a spine and then each of the oh. movies do okay but then you also have the flip side of that <clears throat> like one of the more recent releases is a collection of westerns that had one spine five movies wow so <clears throat> exact number of movies is hard to tell but Spine 1187 is the most recent one to come out. 1187. So roughly speaking, if there's some that were sometimes where you'd have five numbers, but yeah. not for four movies, but other times it'd be one number for five movies. Do you, do you feel like it's even or are you? would you guess it's closer to 1,200 movies? Yeah, it's probably it's somewhere in the 1,200 ballpark. Um, I don't know exactly. I'd say... I think early on there was more box sets that took up a spine, and now it seems like there's been more of, you know, here we're going to package two, three movies under a spine, especially in the last year. Like, they released the Infernal Affairs trilogy under one spine. They've had a few like that that are, are released under one spine. So it's kind of gone in waves over the years. Um, but I, I'd say it roughly evens out. I don't know which side it would land on. I would guess more movies. Well, because here's the other thing is that some of the box sets are like short films, too. Mm. So you just have a collection of short films. So yeah. how do you score something like that? So if you were to get down to like how many 
feature films are there and how many short films would equal one feature film? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like 1,200, give or take. Crazy. Congratulations. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, and it's a pretty awesome achievement yeah, for somebody I'm, I'm who loves I'm movies as for much like as you. One day. <laughs> well, why? What? Because now the, the next movie comes out this week. I already, so I pre order. I, I, here's here's going to be my strategy going forward is that I am going to buy at the sales yeah. predominantly oh, okay. only. So I'll kind of fall behind and then catch up. Um, but you'll only be a year behind it. At, oh, or not even months behind. Like a couple months behind. Because how often do, does a new Criterion film. So uh, they, get they usually publish. Two, three, maybe four spines a month. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I didn't realize this. I thought it was like if you were to ask me, I'd say maybe five a year. No, 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 no. Oh my goodness! Yeah, this is going to be ongoing. It's yeah, it's it's definitely. That's why it's taking so long to catch up. Like when I started, every month that goes by, you're like, no, there's more. Yeah, when I started, we weren't even at uh, spine nine hundred yet. Oh my gosh! I think we were late seven hundreds when I started. And now there's almost 1,200. Wow. I did not realize there was so many a month. Yeah. That's a big commitment. It's a big commitment. <laughs> it, it is. So, would, are you, I mean, you have to just keep going, right? You just, you, I mean, you kind of got to. You, I, you, you, and I, I, I've not looked into this as seriously as I should, and I really should look into it more seriously, but collector's insurance. Oh, you know, because this is a yeah, this is a sizable because, investment. Because those discs are also, I mean, those box sets are a little bit more expensive than your average DVD or Blu-ray. Yes, yes they are, which is why I'm going to buy at the sales. I did oh, pre-order through the end of August, though. I just want to just give me a rough. No, number. I don't want to. I'm just curious. No, about, I don't want about to. About how much do you think you spent? I don't want. No, we're not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I mean, I was going to do. No, that. no, no. Don't say it, though. <laughs> Okay, I, don't, I, we don't, can all do math. <laughs> don't say it. I won't say it, but I'm just multiplying 30 times 1,100. I, I wouldn't say 30. They're about 30 bucks. No, it's, uh, not if you buy them on sale, like 20 bucks. All right, $20. Uh, just don't, can we not do this part of the episode? <laughs> I won't say it. Uh, it's a lot of money. and oh, But you got to remember that wow. I, I bought a lot of them used, so I was able to get really good deals. It's a big investment. It's a big investment for sure. <laughs> Time and money. Wow. But what I love, and I think you're going to go here with the conversation, but I've been watching you on Letterboxd along the way, just making these different ranked lists every yeah. 10. Are you every 10. About that? Yeah. So I, on, if you go to my Letterboxd, I've ranked every set of 10, you know, all the way up to, I've been done like, I think I'm one behind right now, but just, you know, take any set of 10 movies. Um, so I can give you just a a, a like two hundred and ten through more 210, recent one nineteen yeah. right you know so like uh, Criterion spines one thousand one hundred fifty one through one thousand one hundred and sixty so my favorite in that was Arsenic and Old Lace oh yeah but why to watch that movie very funny yeah I've heard of good very things very that one. very good okay and my least favorite in that was Infernal Affairs three okay which was disappointing. Um, and so, yeah, you can go out and check that out if that, that intrigues you. Um, you know, trying to rank like the whole collection would be very, very difficult. Uh, but I did pull out roughly a hundred films and I was going to try and rank these hundred and oh my I, I couldn't do it. Well, you could. Well, maybe not tonight, but I, we yeah. could come back. I mean, this is a, to me, this is a very interesting topic. We could maybe do a follow-up episode. But I, I thought I'd just pull out in, and I started to, so these are mostly in spine order, because that's how I went through it. There's a few like at the top that I started to pull out, and then a, a few at the bottom that I realized I'd missed and added later. So I, I have 
and I, I don't know if I've published this list yet. I will on Letterboxd, but this is, uh, say, 110 films that I have personally. Some of these are the greatest films ever made. Some of them are, are just ones that really resonated with me. Um, but why don't we just start? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just start from the bottom and, and work my way up. And we can just talk about them. And if we run out of time or it gets boring, we can quit. So you're just making some recommendations, basically. Recommendations. Okay, yeah. And I, I, w- I won't spend a lot of time on ones we've talked about before. Um, but a few that I pulled out, so these ones are not in spine order, but Andre Rublev, uh, my second favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Passion of Joan of Arc, my third favorite film of all time. You know, mm-hmm. like these are movies I discovered through Criteria okay. that are literally top five for me uh seventh samurai the seventh seal which did you see seventh samurai prior to no because remember i that was oh, one of the right. ones in my first okay, order yep, got it i'd always heard of it yeah and heard it was great so that was like part of what helped me catch the bug okay okay so then those four i'd kind of pulled out of order but then looking at it starting in order a little bit more uh the grand illusion you know spine number one that's a fantastic world war one movie uh genre noir uh the 400 blows by Truffaut. This is Spinal Tap. But you'd seen that before, I'd right? seen it before. Yeah, not all of these. These are yeah. just Criterion movies, regardless okay. of if I'd seen them before. Uh, the Silence of the Lambs. Picnic at Hanging Rock from Peter Weir. One of you, you love Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's actually an Australian director. And uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock is, is a great, great uh, film. Uh, really, really intriguing. Uh, M. Fritz Lang. So we watched Metropolis. Mm-hmm. M is his other masterpiece. Uh, the Wages of Fear. This was one that really uh, early on. So this is a, it was remade by William Friedkin, who just died uh, as Sorcerer. And based on both titles, you'd assume it's like a horror movie. It's not. So the, the plot of this is that uh, of the original, I, I presume of the remake, though I haven't seen it, is that you have a uh, truckers who are being paid to uh, transport very explosive material in the back of their trucks through horrible terrain in South America. And so it is an intense movie. Like you just want to, uh, exercise in how to build tension, hmm. uh, as they're just like having to back this up and you're realizing that, oh, they're like an inch away and this thing's going to blow and all of that. Incredible. Um, the red shoes. I've talked about the red shoes yeah, a have. lot over the years. This was, but I'll mention just a little bit here. This was like a watershed moment for me watching through the collection because it's like, okay, you're doing this. So you're committing to watch movies that you wouldn't watch otherwise. And let me tell you, I had no desire to watch a movie called the red shoes that looked like it was about a ballet. I was like, okay, but this is, this is what I signed up for. So here we go. And this is really what made me appreciate the value of, um, curationism which we've talked about over the years and like having a curated list and something that's going to push you out of your comfort zone because i watched this movie and was completely blown away by it it was like nothing i'd ever seen incredible film just an incredible film is it called the red shoes ballet or is it just called just the red, the red shoes? Shoes. I'm, I'm trying to look some of these up on my library see what i can check out uh brazil from terry gilliam great movie uh you've seen brazil haven't you? i have yeah autumn sonata from uh, Ingmar Bergman, one of his lesser, not lesser known for Ingmar Bergman films, but it doesn't get the talk of like Seventh Seal. The Third Man, which I think you and I are both a big fan Love of. Love it. Love it. Orpheus, 
Uh, Cleo from five to seven. This is a great movie from Agnes Varda. Uh, woman gets a cancer diagnosis and it's just two hours of her life uh, as she's dealing with that incredible movie. Brief Encounter from David Lean. Great, great film. Hamlet. This is the uh, Laurence Olivier version. Uh, Cries and Whispers. This is one of my favorite Ingmar Bergman movies. Just his masterful use of color. Um, it, it just the way it just tears your heart out dealing with death, all of that. What I've recommended to you here that I don't think you've watched yet, Playtime by Jacques Tati. I haven't. It's on my, I think it's on my list for 1150. Yeah, this one's just incredible and you really do need to to watch it because, not because it's a complicated plot, but because he's doing so much in the frame and so much of the comedy is just him making use of this giant canvas that he has. I can't remember. Is this one connected to... A different movie with a same character, oh. Monsieur Hulot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, which ones? Which one should I like? In what order should I watch? Doesn't those matter. But but the the Monsieur Hulot character comes back in a lot of his movies. You can watch them in any order. Okay. But Playtime is is the one you have to see. Uh, with Nolan I, this is a very 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 funny Canadian movie. Uh, I, I strongly recommend it. Another one I've talked about a lot, Ordet. Yep, definitely. Which, which I think you're going to watch. I have it on my list. Uh, I mean, I think I took some of your top recommendations and made it my list for 11.50. Rashomon. Did you ever watch that? It's Akira Kurosawa. No, is, it, is, is that the sequel? No. No, that's uh, the one where it's the same story being told from different perspectives. Okay. Like, you've seen the bit in sitcoms and, and, yeah. and yeah, yeah. shows and everything a million times. That's the one that started it. Uh, Fellini's Eight and a Half. This I, is a I've fantastic this movie. Uh, Children of Paradise. This is a great, great film that was, fi- it's, it's just a great movie period, but it's even better. Like some of the behind the scenes on it, it was filmed during the French resistance during world war two, you know, so it's terrific movie. Can I pause you? I've been trying to, ever since you mentioned red shoes, I'm trying to find it. Uh, is it called the red shoes and what, yeah, the red and shoes. what year is it from? Uh, it's 1948. All right. I'm going to find that for some reason that one, there's other movies that you've said that have stayed on my radar. This one you know what? keeps I, leaving my radar. So this is one I did upgrade to 4K. Okay. So I can loan you the Blu-ray. All right, perfect. I won't, even, I won't worry about it anymore then. Great. Everyone else is uh, on their own. It's hard to find though. I'm just looking because I, I first I checked my library, not available. Then I checked Voodoo because I sometimes rent movies from there. Yeah. It's not there. It, it, uh, is there any reason you could think of that it would be like less available or are there uh licensing rights around it i don't know yeah it's a tough one to find yeah it's one of uh martin scorsese always lists that as one of his favorite films of all time too and it's it's a great one too because like some of these you know are are obscure films that maybe you can't get your wife interested in i bet you could sit down on des and watch the red shoes and she'd probably really enjoy it uh, the Cranes Are Flying. This is a great movie. This is like one of the things I love about Criterion is that it it breaks through cultural barriers and gives you an education in ways in a really unique way. So this is a World War II movie. It's a World War II Soviet movie. Really unique perspective. Very, very moving story. It's like that's just something that you don't get because of the whole 20th century history between the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, and the Soviet Union. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's Traffic, more well-known film. Love it, though. This is a great movie. Mm. <clears throat> Solaris, we've already talked about, uh, but great. Uh, Through a Glass Darkly and Winter Light, two of my favorite Ingmar Bergman movies. Uh, the Rules of the Game, 
great French movie usually shows up very high on those best of lists. Tokyo Story. I think you watched you watched a, a Ozu movie. I think it was early spring or late spring. Yes. One of those two. Yep. Uh, Le Circle Rouge. So Jean-Pierre Melville, not his real name, but he was a big fan of our guy, okay. uh, Melville. He made he's got a few on here and he is just a fantastic thriller director like Le Circle Rouge is one of his great movies um just a, a fantastic heist movie one of the fun things about it is that it opens and a few of his movies have this conceit it opens with a quote from the Buddha that he completely made up <laughs> so it's, it's terrific uh Diary of a Country P- Priest uh by uh Robert Rosson really fantastic film very influential on things like Taxi Driver, um, you know, even up to like uh, First Reform, Paul Schrader's movie with Ethan Hawke from a few years ago, which is really, really good. Uh, draws a lot from Diary of a Country Priest. Uh, keep going, or is this boring? No, you know, I'm thinking. I'm, I keep going, and what I'm going to do when I edit this episode <laughs> is I'll make this into a letterbox list that I'll, I'll just make public so people can clone it I if have they want. It. I have it. Oh, okay. So, I'll, so I'll, yeah, I just be, haven't made it public yet. I basically just want to have my own. These are Ben's top recommendations, 1 through 1186. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, you know, it's like spines oh, 1 yeah, through yeah. One, 1186, right? And I did cheat on one, and I have one on here that hasn't been released yet. So, uh, yeah, I'll, yes, I'll clone this from you, and then uh, it'll be out there in the public for people if they want to follow along. So I, I almost wonder, should this be... I'm not committing to this, but there's these movies that you keep bringing up that I just kind of set on the back burner, and then the newest Netflix movie comes out, and I take uh. time to watch that. What if in 2024, I just finally go through all these greats, and instead of prioritizing the latest and greatest thing, or not even greatest, I like it. Yeah, but I'm not committing to that. I, I just, understand. I like the idea, or maybe do what you did, which is, and I think you'll talk about this, or maybe you won't, but you did go through Criterion, but you were kind of taking turns, like maybe yeah. you watch. Something else and then Criterion, then something else and Criterion, right? Right. Like, yeah, I clearly watched other things during this. I'd say over the last six months, I've been pretty nose down on Criterion, yeah. not completely. Kind of like when you're close to the end of a book. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm going to finish this exactly. book. Exactly. But like, you know, season two of The Bear came out, and I, that's a really good show. I didn't finish it. I started it like over a month ago, and I didn't finish it till last night because I was wanting to finish Criterion. All right, let me keep going. Yeah, uh, keep going. A Woman Under the Influence by John Cassavetes. Fantastic movie. Uh, Fanny and Alexander. This is probably my favorite Ingmar Bergman. And watch the five-hour television You've film. said Ingmar Bergman like oh, five I, or six yeah. times already. Like, I love Ingmar Bergman. He's so good. Like I'd have his babies uh, if I could and if he was alive. <laughs> uh, Kagamusha. So uh, 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 Akira Kurosawa... You know, Seventh Samurai, Master of Black and White, Master of Color. Kagamusha is one of his great, two great uh, color samurai films. And the second one's coming up in just a second. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zuzu. Uh, they, most Wes Anderson movies have been released on Criterion. There are a few behind. Uh, I love Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic will always have a special place in my heart. It is great. Harakiri. This is another great samurai movie. Uh, Harakiri is the Japanese term for ritual suicide. Uh, this is like if you like a psychological face-off, you know, a samurai shows up to commit harakiri before a lord, and then you realize there's other things at work mm. beneath the surface. This turns into a really tense kind of psychological standoff movie. Uh, <clears throat> another Jean-Pierre Melville, Les Samurai. 
Uh, this is just such a cool movie. Like this is just one of the coolest movies you'll ever see. It wow. just it just exudes style. I love it. Uh, Pickpocket, which is Robert Bresson's take on crime and punishment, very loose adaptation of Dostoevsky. I mentioned Akira Kurosawa's great color samurai movies. One of them is Kagamusha. The other one is Ran, R A N, but pronounced Ran, not Ran, which is his adaptation. Adaptation being a loose term of King Lear. It is phenomenal. It's just incredible. One of his best movies. Uh, one you watched not too long ago, Kind Hearts and Coronets. I think I liked yeah. it more than you, but very funny. It was movie. funny. Yeah. yeah. And Alec Guinness playing 10 different roles mm-hmm. or whatever he does this all these siblings in the family yeah like you don't realize what a great actor alec guinness was if you've only seen him in star wars mm-hmm. and you realize he had all this depth and of course lawrence of olivia uh, lawrence of olivia yeah. <laughs> lawrence of arabia <laughs> and all this but like this is this, part of what i liked about this movie in addition i just liked the movie but you watch this and you're like well alec guinness was actually very funny like he had good comedic skills that you just don't get otherwise uh, the Double Life of Veronica. This is a uh, who, who's the director? Uh, Krzysztof Kieslowski. Uh, Three Colors trilogy, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Really, really good. Bicycle Thieves. One of my favorites. I've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Kind of depressing, but this is a Italian neorealism. Fantastic film. All right, I've name dropped Jean Pierre Melville a few times, but my favorite movie of his is Army of Shadows, which is his movie on the French Resistance in World War II. This film, while not as pure entertaining or cool as Le Samurai or Le Circle Rouge, this is just a a great, great film. Like for I love both those other two movies. This is head and shoulders above it. Phenomenal. And I think this is in my top twenty five too. Wow. Uh Terrence Malick's Days of Heaven. Great movie. I know that Maybe I'll get to it. Tree of Life is also in there. Oh, yeah. Was, we'll we'll get there. That's because I, well, can I just spoil? I only own, as far as I know, I think I own two Criterion Collection movies. One is Tree of Life. Do you happen to know the second one? Oh, no. 12 Angry Men. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's coming up in a second. Uh, last year at Marienbad. So this is Alan Rene. Uh, I love this movie. Very surrealistic. I th- I think you would like it. So it's not a horror movie. By any means, it's very surrealistic, mm-hmm. um, but you can feel the influence of it on The Shining, just like the way it's set at a hotel, the way the hotel is shot, the camera movements, everything. I think you would like it based on how much you like surrealism. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain this movie. You just have to watch it. It's fantastic. This is a good copy. Do you think there's anything on the list that you're recommending that that I personally wouldn't like? Uh, I like that. I, I mean, I'm sure there are. I mean, I know. I mean, like the things I would typically avoid. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby's coming up. Okay. Yeah, maybe just mention. Yeah. Uh, a movie I know we <clears throat> we've talked about. I don't think you've ever seen My Dinner with Andre. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything. So about it. you know, it's just two guys having dinner. It's it's kind of like you know deep dive on dune where you talk about these great philosophical conversations my dinner with andre is just fantastic a uh, rome open city this was um filmed either during or right after world war ii in italy a really good world war ii movie i'm gonna fast track my dinner with andre because i remember that it was referenced very heavily in a uh episode in community, of community yes and yeah. i'm about to go back and re-watch community so i think i should see it first and then get the most out of that episode you should. 
Uh, Paris, Texas from Wim Wenders. Wim Wenders is a great director, and this is one of his best films. A Stagecoach by John Ford. I think you watched that. I think I did, yeah. I liked it more than you, but a great classic. I think I, no, I, think I like that one more than Searchers. I don't have the rating in front of me here. Uh, the Thin Red Line. Oh, this with, is a war movie. You didn't like, but I think you should appreciate it more. This was by Terrence Malick, right? Yes. Paths of Glory. This is Stanley Kubrick's World War One movie. House, which is a Japanese horror movie, but very, very funny. Mm. You, uh, This would be a... If I had a horror movies for Matt list, this would be on there. Okay. I think you would like it. <laughs> Uh, the Night of the Hunter. This was uh, Charles Lofton's only film. It's considered one of the great films of all time for good reason. Great, great movie. Uh, Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times. Have you watched any Charlie Chaplin? Very little. Like I have enjoyed what I've seen, but I think maybe two shorts. I mean, not, yeah. not nearly enough. Modern Times is a good one to start with. The Gold Rush is really good. Uh, those would maybe be my top two recommendations. Okay. Uh, Topsy Turvy from uh, Mike Lee. This is... Uh, this is a it, it's a period piece set on uh, what is it Gilbert and Sullivan is that the two playwrights mm-hmm. anyway I don't know what you're talking you about. said I, anyway this is from a uh, play right from yeah, yeah. Shakespeare right no 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 topsy turvy it's the Mikado sisters it's very very no, funny no. who is Gilbert and Sullivan Gilbert and Sullivan were two uh, playwrights oh I'm thinking of those guys from uh, Rosencrantz and Gilded yeah that's what I'm no, thinking no, of they're totally different. <laughs> Uh, Carlos by Oliver Sayas. This is a mini series on the real life assassin Carlos the Jackal. Blue. This is the first entry in Krzysztof Kieslowski's Three Colors trilogy, which I recommend the whole trilogy, but I put blue in there as a placeholder. Twelve Angry Men. We've talked about. Love it. Love it. The Great Bo- Beauty by <laughs> the Great Beauty. <laughs> the Great Beauty by <laughs> Paulo Sorrento. Uh, he is the the creator of the Young Pope, which I've talked about at length. Uh, yeah. The Great Beauty is in that same boat for me. If you've watched and liked the Young Pope at all, watch this. This is a great, great, great movie. What, is it about the Pope? No, it's but it's similar themes of like the vapidity of modern postmodern life uh, and the search for meaning. Uh, Persona. Arguably Ingmar Bergman's best movie. Uh, Journey to Italy. This is Roberto Rossellini with Ingrid Bergman. Uh, not Ingmar. Ingma, Ingrid, the actress. Fantastic film. Uh, La Cage of Fools. So have you ever seen the, or heard of the movie The Birdcage? Yes. With Gene Hackman yes. and Robin Williams? Have yeah. you seen it? No, I haven't. Very, the Birdcage is okay. Uh, this is what the bird, the birdcage was a remake of this movie. Okay. So the premise of this movie, which is very, very funny, is that a gay couple who owns a nightclub, uh, their son, their adopted son gets engaged to a girl from a very conservative family. Okay. So they have to pretend like they're not gay for the whole weekend as the, the families come to visit and all sorts of hijinks ensue. Very, very, okay. very funny movie. Uh, Shoah, this is the great uh, Holocaust documentary that everybody should watch. Uh, it's very difficult to watch. Very, very painful. To, but you you, you owe it to yourself and to the legacy of the Holocaust to watch this movie. Can I ask you about The Birdcage? Have you seen the American version? And I have. Like I've watched both of them. I, in fact, I love La Cage of Faux so much that I've watched The Birdcage. Okay. It's funny, but it's not nearly as good as the original. Okay. But I think that that one had uh, Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane, Robin Williams in it. Okay. The whole send up's very funny. Uh, Marketa Lazarova. This is an obscure Czechoslovakian movie that 
I don't think like when I think of movies, I never would have had a chance of finding without Criterion. This one's at the top of the list. This is in my top twenty-five. Say it again. Marquetta Lazarova. Okay. Think of like if Game of Thrones was based off of medieval Czechoslovakia, though it's not really a fantasy movie. It's fantastic though. A Man Escape. This is another Robert Bresson. Rosemary's Baby. You won't like that one. Right. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis. This is the Coen Brothers movie. You've seen this one. one. I love it. Uh, Mulholland Drive. I mean, I talk all day about David Lynch. I think we should do an episode on Mulholland Drive because I've been wanting to rewatch it and haven't seen it now since 2001. I think it's time. A Moonrise Kingdom from Wes Anderson. Yeah, I did see this one. Uh, The Bridge. Do you, sorry, for Wes Anderson, he has so many good films. Like, I'd probably rank this one on the lower end. Do you? I'd put it very near the top. Okay. I love Moonrise Kingdom. I've seen almost all of his films. Which yep. is, uh, So maybe we should do a ranking sometime. Just we could to, do a Wes yeah. Anderson. I haven't Have seen, seen Astro- the new one? Not yet. It's on Peacock. Well, we should watch it. And then we can do that. Uh, the Bridge. This is like, I know you don't like war movies, so you probably wouldn't like this one. So the pre- this is a German movie. It's a World War One movie. And the premise of it is that you have these young boys who kind of join up. I, they might even lie about their age in the movie. I don't remember. But they, they join up in the German army, and they're out there uh, cocky and everything. And then, you know, they're sent to far away from the front so they don't get into mischief. But where they're accidentally sent is this bridge that becomes the focal point for this battle that takes place in the second half of the movie. And they just are destroyed and it's an emotionally devastating film it's fantastic <laughs> i recommend it uh i mentioned fellini with eight and a half so most people i shouldn't say most people when it comes to fellini great director lots of great movies but it all it all comes down to eight and a half versus la dolce vita and i am firmly in the la dolce vita camp although i love them both you've recommended this one to me before this is actually what i did check out from the library what i think we we were doing a similar episode where you're just giving me tons of recommendations, and I checked, just like I'm doing right now, I went on my library website, and I started just request, 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 and it just got to be too many, and so some I brought back and never watched, and I yeah. think that one I had in my house once. It's terrific. Uh, Stalker from Tarkovsky, I think you watched that. I did, yeah. We did an episode about that, I think, on the extra feed. The Marseille Trilogy by Alexander Corda. This is These are uh, French movies, really, really, really good. Uh, 45 years. I described this one as a ghost movie without a ghost. Okay. Um, it's about a couple coming up on their 45th wedding anniversary and things from the past begin to come up and it dissolves from there. Really well done film. Uh, Before Sunrise. Uh, yes. and really the whole Before trilogy. We but, talked about this, I think. Yep. Did we, we did. do an episode on this? We did. Uh, Boyhood. Uh, yeah, I love Boyhood. It's an uh, incredible movie. Uh, the Decalogue, this is a series of 10 short films by Kieslowski, uh, each one based off of the Ten Commandments. So it takes the theme from each one of them. Really, really good. Chimes at Midnight, this is Orson Welles' best film, in my opinion, with all due respect to Citizen Kane. It's his adaptation of Henry IV, Part One and Two, but he really just takes the Falstaff stuff and weaves it through for this incredible film. A Touch of Zen. So we've talked a lot about uh, samurai movies, but this is now on the Hong Kong Kung Fu movies. This is a three-hour Kung Fu epic, and it's incredible. Dr. Strangelove, a film described by some 
as sometimes very funny. It is sometimes very funny. I and agree. Described by me as one of the greatest films ever made. Kings of the Road, another Wim Wenders one that is a road movie that you probably wouldn't like because it's a road movie, but it's still really good. The Graduate. Have you watched The Graduate? I did recently. Well, I love the, last the Graduate. Three years. This is one I keep recommending to you. A Matter of Life and Death. It's in the house. This oh, is from. Okay. Uh, yeah, in fact. I almost watched this last night. And guess what? I checked it up to the library, and I had a short time window, and I it's here somewhere. I don't know where it is right now. I'll find it because it doesn't belong to me. But I almost watched this last night. Uh, one that I loved, and I can see I recommended it to you, and then I just pulled up your review quickly, which was three stars, oh, and man. you open it with, a friend recommended this to me, so That's, it knows me. I know it's called. Alexander Payne's Election. Oh, I didn't like this. I can't. This movie's so good, this, so funny. This is uh, Reese Witherspoon, right? Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I yeah. I just meant, yeah. I didn't love it. <laughs> it made me feel bad. <laughs> Barry Lyndon. I haven't seen this. I know you love it. Kubrick, Kubrick, right? Yeah, this is another one where you just you have to. If you watch this on your phone, like I don't believe in capital punishment, but that that should probably be capital punishment. Okay. Like you cannot watch this on a phone. Okay. You have to watch this, the biggest screen you can find. I mean, if I get it from the library, it will force me to watch it actually on a screen. So I have to do that. Yeah. Although I think it's on Max, last I checked. Do not watch this in the background. Uh, I won't do that, but I do watch a lot on my phone. You, If you're watching Barry Lyndon on your phone, uh, <laughs> the ghost of Stanley Kubrick <laughs> will, will come down on you. All right, we're almost done. I know this has maybe been really I like exciting it. for some people and boring for others. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, seen this. One more whim. That's actually, in my opinion, so differentiation between best and favorite. My favorite uh, Wes Anderson movie is Steve Zissou. The best is Grand Budapest Hotel. You know, you said a different differentiation. I didn't say that word right, but between best I think you and got there. favorite. Yeah. I, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> I think that that might be a difference between you and me. I put, I view something as better if I liked it more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've had that discussion I know, a lot. A lot, I know. But because I, I think I would put Life Aquatic and Royal Tenenbaums as my one and two somewhere. I don't know what order exactly. And I'm guessing there probably are other Wes Anderson movies that are better, but I just love those two. Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's the whole submitting. Like, and that's part of what this whole criterion exercise was for me, was submitting yourself to someone else's list. Did you watch all of these movies straight through as much as you could? Or I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't give it that last part. Because like, I know for me right now, it's tough to sit down and watch one movie from start to finish. So I'm watching in chunks. What was your experience with these movies? Uh... It, it varied. I mean, we're talking an eight-year period with a lot of life changes in there. Yeah, so no it, it really varied. And like some of these, like my next one on here, uh, Until the End of the World, is like a six-hour miniseries. So, you know, I'd say in general, that'd be a preference, but I didn't make a point of okay. ensuring I did that. And Until the End of the World is Wim Wenders. Uh, All About Eve. Have you seen this? No, I think I've heard. I mean, I've definitely heard uh, about it. You'd really like it. Okay. This is, this is really, really good. Um, it's got uh, Betty Davis in it. Fantastic film. Uh, Blue Velvet. This is David Lynch. Tree of Life we've talked about a lot. Some Like It Hot. I think you watched this. Yeah, this is another one that I was so-so on. Uh, I love Some Like It Hot. It's got one of the best closing lines 
of all time. I don't remember what it is. So, you know, Tony Curtis and and Jack Lemmon are dressed up as women throughout the whole movie. And uh, one of them is getting hit on by this old guy at the beach resort. And he, for what, I forget exactly how, but, you know, he thinks she's a, he's a woman throughout the whole thing. And then at the end of the movie, in the final shot, he's somehow made it into this guy's speedboat and the guy's driving him away deeply in love. And he's like trying to hint at him like, no, you you don't want me. You don't actually want me. And he finally just takes off the wig and says, I'm not a woman. I'm a man. And the final line of the movie from the, uh, the old guy. Well, nobody's perfect. It's just fantastic. It's fantastic. Uncut Gems. I know you didn't like this It just movie. made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, Citizen Kane. Love. Love. Bringing Up Baby. You watched this recently. Yeah, this is funny. Very, very funny. One of the great screwball comedies. Yeah. Uh, Secrets and Lies, another Mike Lee movie. Uh, Minding the Gap. This is one I recommended. I think it was my best movie from last year okay. that I watched. This was the skateboarding documentary about oh, fatherhood. Oh, yes. You yeah, did recommend you gotta, this movie. It's on Hulu. you got to watch it. It's so powerful. Parasite. Loved The Ascent, the great World War II movie. Uh, Beau Travail, which is a loose adaptation of Billy Bud Sailor, a Herman Melville novel. Come and See, which is the war film that will devastate people who like war films. You would not like this okay. movie. I was just thinking, what I'd like to do as a follow-up is, in one to seven years from now, do this exact list, and I'll have watched as much as I can. But I'm guessing there'll be a couple I'll skip, like Rosemary's Baby, this last one you just said. You could do Rosemary's Baby. So, so all I have to say, the years from now, we're going to do a follow-up, and I'll be able to give you my feedback on these movies. There we go. I I'll, like it. Maybe I'll do my own ranking. All right. But it's your So your favorites, but ranked by me. Final six here, and we'll start with my one cheat, because this has not been released. It's coming out in September, but I have seen it. <clears throat> it's Orson Welles' adaptation of The Trial by Franz Kafka. Mm, I haven't even heard of this one. Uh, After Hours from Scorsese. I just watched this. I know you did. Yeah, I, I have fond feelings towards it. Although I don't know what my rating was. I'm guess I don't know for sure. I I guess I put it out three and a half or four. I think you had three and a half. But I have some fond feelings towards it. It was, it was crazy. It is crazy. It was, but it was just surreal yeah. enough to make me enjoy it. And it's very very different from the rest of Scorsese's filmography. I think it's one where like I I didn't know what to expect getting into it, and I just loved it. Uh, Arsenic and Old Lace, which we've already talked about. Raging Bull. Four stars for After Hours. It's That's great. a pretty good rating for me for this type of movie. Uh, Double Indemnity. We did an episode on that, didn't we? Did we? I, I think, think so. so. I don't think I saw that one. I'm did pretty I? sure we did. Well, yeah, you did. You gave it four stars. Wow, we did an episode? I don't even remember. We might not have done an episode, though. I'm pretty sure we did because we, we talked about it on the show. Okay, I believe you. And then my last one on here, Miller's Crossing from the Coen Brothers. There's plenty of other movies that are worth uh, recommending, but those are the 110 from Spines, one through 1,187, plus whatever the trial turns out to be, that I would recommend. Wow. Listeners, I'm going to hit the music, but like I said, years from now, I don't know how long it will take me, but I, know, I could say I could see this happening in two to three years. We'll do a follow-up. I'm going to re-rank every one of these movies he's mentioned on this episode except for rosemary's baby and maybe that war one come and see all right so i'm just going to delete them from my personal list <laughs> so yeah I'll, this will be a fun experiment and we'll come back with more criterion but uh, you know as you're watching them because that, that's an ambitious goal but we, we can do episodes on these as you're watching yeah, along them. the way that's a great idea 
All right, listeners, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Van Divono. And we're the Sci-Fi Christian signing off. And goodbye. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I like this recommendation. <laughs>